This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate and Sophie Torber. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influencers, entertainment and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Outspoken. Now, Kate, I have found someone who has rivaled your enthusiasm for the kitchen mixer. I highly doubt that. I love my Smeg stand mixer. Who is that? (laughs) Well, the other day I was watching Michael Finch's YouTube video and normally he gets really excited over PR packages of makeup or other items people have sent him. But this time he was unboxing his own purchase and it was a KitchenAid mixer and he also had a food processor and his response was so cute. We need to throw to it now. How nice is that colour? <laughs> like, what? It's just a little bit of Tiffany blue, but it's like more blue than um, turquoise that turquoise green. The shade of it's called Mineral Water, from memory. Oh, I hate this shit. Ah, there's the personalisation! <laughs> it says, Master Chef Michael, I'm that good. Maybe... Oh! Just like they do it on the TV shows with the big kitchen aids, eh? Oh, look at this big boy. (laughs) So Michael explained when he was growing up, he used to cook all the time with his mum and they always wanted to buy a kitchen mixer but said it was too expensive. So Michael actually got on FaceTime with his mum to show the kitchen mixer and her reaction was so cute. I'm slightly jealous of his food processor because I feel like that's the one thing that's now missing (laughs) in my kitchen appliances because they're really good for making pastry. That's exactly what he said he wanted to use it for. So I hope Reese is listening to this podcast, Kate. I hope he's listening and he's jotted (laughs) that down for Christmas. Christmas You do realise you are of a certain age when you are getting excited over kitchen appliances because... Mm. I think it was two Christmases ago, I got given a pink Smeg toaster and I was so thrilled. But if you'd given me that as a teenager, I would have been like, what the fuck is this? Mm. On the Smeg thing, it's so funny because I'm the only one out of Kate and Soph and I that doesn't have a Smeg toaster because Dale won't allow it. He says it's too expensive. Oh my God. This is not an ad for Smeg toasters, but they are incredible. They are worth the money. You can put... Well, actually, I think I can actually do this on a normal toaster, but you can put the exact temperature that you want it. Like the noise that they make when the toast pops. It jumps so high It's like it leaps out of the toaster. It's so excited to get out of it. See, if I was going to get a smeg appliance, I would probably get the kettle because the top, (laughs) the better one, you can actually set the temperature because there's teas are meant to be served at different temperatures. And how charming. peppermint has... Are you serious? So teas, what do you mean? Because mine just boils. It doesn't, yeah, you set the so, temperature. Yeah, I get that, but that just sounds... Yeah, but some some herbal teas are better served at <laughs> a lower temperature and then some other teas are served at 100 degrees. Can I just say as well, it also makes a really charming noise when your tea is ready. I do enjoy that when I'm at your house. Cake, yes, cake. We like a bit of cake, don't we? I know I do, I love it, I do, I love a bit of cake. I do. I just like cake. I'm just one of those people. I come home and all I want is like to get. I just love cake. I just love cake. I just love a bit of cake. Cake. I love a bit of cake. Cake. Lovely. 
Influencer and entrepreneur Mia Plessig has opened up about her relocation to the US, saying she left her lockdown city of Melbourne for more freedom. In a TikTok video that has garnered 20,000 views, the businesswoman labelled LA residents as wiser and smarter than her fellow Melbournians. Kay, can you run us through what's gone down? Well, Mia has left many followers outraged after she shared a life update video to TikTok explaining her reason for relocating from Melbourne to LA for the next few months. The slick hair owner said she was granted an exemption to leave Australia on a business visa after admitting she couldn't cope with Melbourne's lockdown. So she said that with Melbourne being the most locked down city in the world, it was time to relocate to California so she could have a bit more freedom to expand and grow her business. She said, it's so crazy how different things are here than back home. We've had so much freedom in LA. Things are just normal here. People are just learning to live with COVID and everything is just, you know, free. And people are just wiser and smarter and life is just normal. And it's just so amazing. And I feel so blessed to feel normality again and be able to go shopping and out to dinner and catch up with friends. We've been to Rodeo Drive, done so much shopping. She then finished up by saying she's hopeful to be in LA for a few months, but she doesn't exactly know how long she'll be there for as she's waiting for things to settle back down in Melbourne. Now, I can't imagine this has gone down too well online, especially for people living in Melbourne. So what was your reaction to what Mia said? I have a huge issue with her saying that people in LA are smarter and wiser than those in Melbourne. I think it's a complete slap in the face for all Victorians who have sacrificed their past two years to ensure that the community is safe. I think it's interesting that she keeps dropping these comments because previously she said that she's not going to talk about issues relating to COVID after after the comments she made a few months ago. I definitely think it would have been the smartest thing for her to remain quiet. I mean, personally, I think that the government strategy of locking down is what's kept our COVID death rate so drastically lower than the rest of the world. If you look at the stats, on the day of recording, Australia has recorded 130,000 total cases of COVID with 1,448 total deaths. And if we compare that to America's figures, they've had 45.7 million cases of COVID with 740,000 deaths. And over 71,000 of those deaths occurred in LA. So Mia's claims that LA has more freedom and is learning to live with the virus simply isn't true. Sadly, 71,000 people have died of COVID in LA, which is 50 times the amount of people who have died in the whole of Australia. Of course, their population is greater than ours, but I think that our commitment to lockdown has been the reason we have had so few deaths. And the reason countries like the US are now learning to live with COVID, as Mia puts it, is because of the efforts of people who have gone out and got vaccinated. And it also comes from citizens who are sticking to the guidelines that help people live with COVID. It really angers me to see her out and about in LA, in all these places, as she said, without a mask on. I think that is one of our greatest forms of protection, vaccination and masks. It definitely is, but it seems like a lot of countries are now moving to not wear masks because a lot of the population is vaccinated. And that's one thing the US has done really well is get their citizens vaccinated ahead of time, whereas Australia has lagged. I think that the vaccine rollout could have been a lot quicker here. But in Mm. saying that, there were lots of countries that had to be prioritised over Australia as well. And as many premiers have pointed out around the country, at the moment, the pandemic is of the unvaccinated. So, Amy, can you tell us what the reaction has been like online to Mia's TikTok video? 
Yeah, so it hasn't been good. So Mia's been labelled entitled, privileged, and people have said that she lacks self-awareness. She has removed all the comments underneath the video, and now she's turned off the ability to even comment on it. One TikTok user wrote, so many people would love an exemption for freedom, but don't have the finances to run off and do what you have done. Another said, people have and are still dying in LA. So stop saying that everything is normal because that's ignorant. So Mia wrote back to this message and I'd say she was pretty passive aggressive. She said, it is, everything is open and running as normal. Then added the love heart face emoji. Another user wrote, wiser and smarter. So Melbourne people are dumb. She replied saying, the government, yeah. I just couldn't stand these supposed comebacks because she would also just simply like people's rude comments towards her and not even have any sort of debate with them probably because she has actually no legitimate argument for her behavior or what she's doing well tiktok is a very honest place and you can see the comments must have got to her because she did end up turning them off it is going to be pretty interesting because mia has been sharing a lot of the shopping and dining out at luxury restaurants that she's been doing but by the end of november residents and visitors in los angeles will need to show proof of a covid19 vaccine in order to eat drink or shop in indoor establishments across the city They'll also need proof to enter gyms, spas and salons. So I am very eager to see whether those Instagram stories and TikToks will continue happening. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Love Island UK winner Millie Court has opened up about her struggle with adult acne, saying it left her feeling insecure and low. The 24-year-old shared a number of before and after photos in the hope of making others feel less alone. So it was really refreshing to see these photographs. I don't think I could love Millie from Love Island more. She was my favourite on the show and this has cemented it. So Millie said that she started experiencing adult acne a year and a half before appearing on Love Island when she was 23. And at first she had no idea what was causing it until she visited a dermatologist who told her that she believed the acne stemmed from having a birth control implant as well as the fact that Millie was constantly picking at her skin. And Millie said that she would squeeze at the pimples, which would then, of course, spread across her face. And she did give some very good tips about picking pimples. So apparently the dermatologist said that you should only pick a pimple if it has a yellow head. And I really Mm. need to listen to this because I've had some really bad blind pimples at the moment. Oh, yeah, you got to leave the blind pimples. They just get well, she worse. also suggested to use a glove or tissues, which is very good because otherwise you can spread all of those germs right across your face and encourage more pimples. I didn't realize that I people like just picked their skin bare. Like I thought that was quite really? obvious. Mm, yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. Without a I tissue? Mean, I've, yeah. I, I've never used gloves though. That's a, that's a new one. What about those people who pay to get dermatologists to pick their pimples? Have you heard about that? Or is it part of a skin treatment or just for the fun of it? No, 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 no. Like they'll have a big pimple and then someone will pick it for them. They'll pay I've someone. I've seen those viral videos, but no, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Because you can mm. do it you can do it correctly and incorrectly. 
Well, I think if you've got a big cyst or something, like that's a bit <laughs> yeah. different. But I mean, back to Millie, I did really appreciate her sharing these photos because she really didn't have to because her skin was very clear on the show. And I was, to be honest, quite surprised when I did see these pop up of my newsfeed because I would have had no idea she had suffered from acne before. And I think it was very refreshing. And I think just also seeing what a transformation going to a dermatologist could make for her because in the photo she looked so sad and I think we've all been there even if we haven't experienced intense acne like poor Millie had but even just pimples it it really can bring your confidence down. That's the thing you see these girls on Love Island and you think that they're perfection I mean a lot of young girls would be watching this thinking that these girls have had no struggles in their life and I feel like people do underestimate how unconfident you can be when you have bad skin and that's a good thing about Instagram I feel like people are starting to share some more realistic shots of their life I really wish someone had shared something like this when I was a teenager because I experienced really bad I'd say it was called back knee so back acne and I remember being at the school formal and being so embarrassed because I had a backless dress. So I put this like old lady shawl around my back and and I think it would have made a real difference seeing something like this on social media that I wasn't alone in that. It's such a good point because I never remember seeing anybody when we were at high school being featured in a magazine who had a pimple or anything like that. The only Mm. time you saw people with acne was those proactive ads and it was like a negative thing so on the topic of millie we need to settle a debate from the podcast a month ago because when we discussed liberty paul signing a million dollar deal within the style sophie you said that millie wouldn't succumb to fast Mm. fashion deals because she's she's so um sophisticated and it's always with her fenty and Fendi, do you mean? Fendi. Talk about being bloody with the bloody brands. (laughs) (sighs) Well, I don't like like the Fendi stuff. Anyway. You're thinking of Fendi beauty. Whatever. Anyway, Amy, (laughs) you and I were correct because she ended up signing with ASOS, the fast fashion brand she used to be a buyer's assistant I'm sorry. Did I not predict that? I literally said she was going to sign a deal with ASOS. I'm sorry, but I think that ASOS is in a different league from in the style no it's not in the style i remember buying a shirt from there it was the cheapest thing i have ever purchased at least asos has some reputable brands on there there's a lot of backtracking going on i think it is a step up from in the style but we did say we think she would do a deal with asos and you said no so let's move on and reportedly the deal is set to make millie a multi-millionaire Every single person was unloyal apart from fucking Jake. What the fuck? It's mad. On Tuesday night, Shiny Grimman shared some surprising details on her Instagram Q&A. Australia's OG influencer opened up about what she calls the toxic side of social media and the reality TV show she turned down. Amy, can you fill us in? Well, from the questions Shani was asked, it seems like a lot of her followers are in the same boat as us. They are missing consistent content from Shani on YouTube, which she was renowned for in 2017. So one follower asked Shani why she doesn't share much of her life anymore, which Shani responded, I forget some people are actually interested in my life. So random, even though I'm going on eight years on socials, haha. I'll share more. I didn't even realize. Honestly, I've been so flat out busy. How do you not realize as an influencer that people are interested in your life? Like, what the fuck? It's 
Not to be cynical, but it only seems like she remembers her followers when she's about to drop a swimsuit line or something well, like that. I have respect for her that she started her own business, but oh, she yeah. does need to understand that with marketing, people are interested in her life. So if even if she breadcrumbs a few little things of interest, people yeah. will eat it up. Well, she should just whack up a video like Sammy Robinson does where she's stuck in the dishwasher or some other mundane task. Maybe it's that treat a mean, keep keen <laughs> type of mentality. Maybe. So another follower asked Shani if it was a conscious decision for her to no longer share content that relates to her friendships. And when I saw this question, I immediately thought about her relationship with Chloe and of course the infamous influencer friendship group of Michael Finch, Lily Brown and Sky Wheatley. So Shani said, yes and no. Naturally, I like to keep my friends, family and boyfriend out of the spotlight because people always have something negative to say. And the older I get, the more protective and private I become. Social media is so toxic sometimes. Like when I started dating Jacob, people would make podcasts and threads picking our relationship apart. At least if I only post about myself, I'm used to the criticism. In saying that, the good always outweighs the bad, always. So I do want to try and open up again. It's scary when so many people are waiting for you to slip up. Ha ha. I feel like it's a bit orkies because we are that podcast that she was referring to and she did end up blocking Outspoken the podcast and also our own personal account. So I feel a bit, I feel a bit victimized. Do you know what? I can totally understand. I mean, of course you'd be offended if people were talking about your relationship and trying to work out what the go was. Yeah, but I feel like as a high profile person who puts their life out there and their relationships like she did with Jonathan and Tommy, I feel like of course people are going to have an opinion on it and want to discuss it. Especially when that person that she starts dating is a model and also a DJ. Fortunately, though, it does appear like Shani hasn't come across our Facebook group because a follower asked Shani if she likes to look at what people say about her on influencer discussion pages. And she wrote, never. I didn't know I was a topic of discussion at the moment, but these messages are telling me otherwise. I'm too sensitive to look at that shit willingly. People are wild these days. I think that's good not to read about yourself. I think that's the worst thing an influencer can do, really. You could fall down a real rabbit hole of things. I feel like there are some influencers, though, that do read forums like Tattle Life and maybe jump on their Facebook pages. So if you were an influencer, you would be the person that was on Tattle Life reading about yourself. I definitely would. I would get a (gasps) kick out of it because you'd be like, oh, maybe there's someone saying something nice. Oh, wait, no, they're all nasty comments. (laughs) Now, Kate, what do you think well, about Shani's response? Well, I think her response made it quite clear that she doesn't actually want to be an influencer anymore. I feel like sharing your life and including your friends and boyfriends is really part and parcel of building a bond between you and your audience and in turn having that ability to influence people's buying decisions. So, I mean, while I don't blame her because she has been on social media for eight years, To me, it seems very obvious that she's in a transitional phase of her career where she just wants to focus on her business. However, I feel like, is it possible? Do you guys think Silk Swim is at a level where she can just go behind the scenes and do that? I definitely don't think it's at that stage yet. And I think it is very much driven by her notoriety on social media. So it will be interesting to see what happens with Silk and whether at some point her manager or someone else in her life jumps in and say, hey, you've got to be a little bit more active on social media. What about Brittany Saunders, though? I feel like she's been able to successfully go from being a YouTuber to a businesswoman. But she's still huge on her social 
social channel. She's on there every day talking to her audience. She's very relatable. Yeah, she definitely is. But maybe Shani could talk more about the business side of things rather than sharing those personal details. I do think she is trying to do that, but I think there's a big difference with Fate the Label because she has a physical shop and she said that a lot of people don't even know that it's her store. I do think that Shani needs to get her swimwear at a major retailer like the Iconic or even David Jones or Maya before she can completely go in-house and behind the scenes because I feel like so, there's so many independent brands out there that sell on their own platform. And while lots of people have made it work before, I do question the longevity of people's interest in Silk Swim if Shani is no longer a personality on social media. It's a bit like when Mitch Third came out and said how the Third Fix collection purely relied on his former girlfriend Talia Skeens' social media following. I would love to know, does Silk Swim put money into Facebook marketing as well or any other form of influencer marketing or is it purely just Shani's platform which sells out this bather range? Well, I think the fact that Shani is always the face of their campaign says a lot as well that it isn't this independent standalone label that would do well if she does take a backseat with influencing. And I personally think that a lot of influencers take for granted this inbuilt audience that they have to sell products directly to and they don't foster it enough. Yeah, I think it gives influencers this false sense of security that sales will just come in and even if they move away from the influencer space. I do wonder if Shani would regret moving out of the influencer space. I mean, she hasn't said she is, but I feel like her behavior over the last couple of years shows that she's really not interested in being an influencer. It's fascinating to look at someone like Michael Finch because he stepped back out of the limelight. He even started working at a real job. And then he's come back onto YouTube and reinvented himself. And I've been really enjoying his content. It is pretty evident that Shani isn't interested in the limelight because she also revealed in her Q&A that she has been asked to go on I'm a Celeb and Dancing with the Stars alongside other reality shows, but has declined. She said, oh my God, imagine, ha ha ha, never say never, but nothing has come up. That's my vibe. I'm so glad that producers are actually reaching out to people like her because getting someone like her and her sort of profile on a show would be fantastic. It would really get into that Gen Zeta and millennial demographic. Did you guys see that Anastasia Kingsnorth, our favorite UK YouTuber, is going to be appearing on this reality TV show? And I really want to find out how to watch it because the concept is that they put all these influencers in a house and take away the technology from them and see what they do. Oh, Oh, my gosh. This show sounds incredible. I think it's called Locked In. Surely you'll be able to download it off the internet somewhere. Well, if anyone can help us out. Chuck a link in our Facebook community. So we're just waiting for our taxi and Michael literally just asked the best question. You know how he's like really good with geography and all of that good stuff? He's like, don't film this, but can I ask you a question? He said, are we like still in the world? Like that little blue ball, are we like there? And I'm like, well, yeah. Bali is in Earth. Brittany Saunders has delivered the ultimate clap back at followers who continue to comment on her weight. Let's throw to what she said. Next question. Have you tried a calorie deficit you've put on a bit? You know what? Thank you so much for asking this because now that I'm reading this and you've brought this to my attention, I think I've been doing it all wrong. You know, for the last few years, I've been really focusing on, you know, building four really successful companies and I'm 28. I'm about to launch another one. I'm opening a coffee shop. 
I've got nine employees. I've been putting all my time and energy into them and ensuring that they're happy in their life and in their job. I'm in a long-term relationship. We've got two dogs. I've been looking after them. I've got this amazing house, hanging out with my friends and family. I've been doing all this stuff so selfishly. I've completely forgotten that I should instead be worrying about what people think of my body, people that I don't even know. How rude of me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) God, I love her. I honestly think she is one of the best influencers in Australia. She is body positive. She is funny. She doesn't take herself too seriously. And she is very inspirational in terms of all her business successes. What did you guys think? Yeah. I can't even believe that in 2021, people think it's acceptable to jump on people's platforms and pages and comment on their bodies in the way that they are doing. So as she said, she has so much more to offer than just her appearance. And she's a she's a bloody stunning girl anyway, as it is. But people should really be focusing on her incredible achievements she's made. People are just dickheads. I'm sorry, but who would actually send that to someone to say, oh, I've noticed you've put on a few kgs. Have you tried calorie deficit? That is so rude. It's time for something you have never seen on my channel or something I have not done. I'm going to say for 10 years. Get ready. Guys, what you've never, ever seen before. And look, two reasons. Number one, I've like... I'm eating McDonald's, by the way. And I'll explain why in a second. It looks really random. When I get pregnant, my stomach turns into literally indestructible. Like, usually I can't have gluten and dairy. But when I get pregnant, I can have little bits of gluten and pretty much any single dairy. Are you kidding me, bro? Look at all... I'm stealing these. I mean... That's that's not Macca's. Yes, it is. You're missing the bun. No, do you know what I am missing? My sweet and sour sauce. I know what the heck. They stitched you up there. We thought we would end this Monday episode with a few recommendations because we haven't done those for a while and I have been deep in wedding planning and I was feeling so overwhelmed the other day that I was like, I wonder if any wedding planning podcasts exist and I opened a Pandora's box because there are so many of them and I've come across this really great podcast called the You and Me podcast and it's hosted by Andy from The Bridal Journey and Laura from Wonderlust Creative and they get different brides on the show to talk about their weddings and what they would do differently and what they did and they had an episode with Steph Claire Smith and I literally lap up anything that she is on. And while I have already watched her YouTube of her wedding day and also her wedding prep, I found that there were so many more interesting things that popped up about how her wedding planning went. Because did you guys know, you know that amazing property that her her husband Josh owns Mm -hmm. or his family own? Since doing the wedding, they're actually now going to be renting it out to other couples that want to have a wedding there. I was like, wow. That's such a good idea. Dale's always going on about that, how that would be very, very lucrative. Well, they've had like one million views on their wedding video. I'm not surprised people have been hitting them up because it was an incredible venue. Yeah, it's funny. Steph said she thought that by doing the wedding at their property that she would save money on a venue. However, she said she didn't realize how expensive it would be because the venue is three hours out of Melbourne. So, of course, all the suppliers had to ship everything three hours up Mm. there and then stay overnight. So it ended up being very expensive. I do love the fact that she requested for the guests to stick to a particular color palette of their outfits Mm. and that might sound a bit bridezilla-ish but it actually looks so good in the video because Brandon Mm. and I we shot a wedding video a couple of weeks ago and that video was given to us as a recommendation of what they the couple really liked Mm. and it just looked so good throughout the video to have that consistent theming. Can I ask you guys a question because I've got a wedding that I need to go to on the weekend obviously you can't wear white but can you wear black? 
Mm, I wouldn't. I think you can, but I probably would opt for a different color. It's so annoying because all of my dresses are white and black. It's just so frustrating. It's funny you say that, Amy, because the wedding photographer that Reese and I have locked in, mm. she sent through some photos of another wedding she shot at the venue we're having our wedding. Yeah. And there was this woman wearing a really bold, sparkly dress. And all I could think was, wow, I would not have worn that because she stood out like a sore thumb. Are you having got me, Kate? I wore a sparkly dress to our cousin, one of our cousin's weddings. Well, I was more of an asshole. I wore a white dress, so we clearly had a bit of a faux pas there. I've got a recommendation for you guys that isn't a podcast. It's food. I have been trying to find a healthy alternative to chocolate, and I stumbled across Health Lab's Choc Mint to Be Plant-Based Bliss Balls. I had to Google what they oh. were called, and they actually taste like those mint choc you know those chocolate mint biscuits? Yeah. Oh, Brandon's always got those biscuits in our <gasps> cupboard. Yeah, they are honestly so good because sometimes you have those protein balls and they just taste a bit weird, but these actually mm. taste like a treat and they're really, really filling. My personal favourite of these is the cookie dough one. That's no, my it's go-to. so much better. It's so much better. I mean, I do like the cookie dough one too. Can I piggyback off your suggestion? Yeah. Because this is another healthy treat. A girl in my office has been eating these things called wallaby bites and it's the nut and chocolate one, the dark chocolate one, and they're made in Byron Bay or something like that. <laughs> and they are so delicious. It's like all these delicious different varieties of nuts. So like a trail um, mix. Yeah, joined together with um, honey and dark chocolate. It's so good. Can I give a not so healthy recommendation? Oh, this is such a basic bitch recommendation. No, I can already not, predict what you're going to say. It's not a basic bitch recommendation. It is. I am recommending peanut M&Ms. And it is because, as those who remember, <laughs> Brandon is on the FODMAP diet. And we follow this really great page. Actually, this is a good recommendation because so many people message me saying mm. that they've never had felt so heard when we spoke about IBS and FODMAP diets. So there is a page called IBS FODMAP Dietitian. And this girl, Crystal, is fantastic. So she puts up all these really clever reels showing you what you can buy at the supermarket for snacks or main meals that is part of the FODMAP diet. And one of those things is peanut M&Ms and Maltesers. So we always have peanut M&Ms or Maltesers in the cupboard and they are so addictive because you just take handfuls of them. You have no idea how many you've had, but they are delicious. That is my recommendation because I feel like on a Monday, you need a bit of chocolate in your day. This is an unpopular opinion. I actually don't like peanut M&Ms. I like normal M&Ms. I feel like the peanuts I do too much. prefer normal, but it's good for Brandon to have some sort of snack that he can have. Jeez, I like both. Well, anyway, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. If you have enjoyed today's show, could you please make sure that you leave a five-star rating and a review and make sure you're following us on Instagram at outspoken underscore the underscore podcast. And you can join in the conversation in our Facebook community, which is outspoken the podcast community. 